Spring. Spring is upon us. <laughs> it's one of my top four seasons. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of spring? Uh, didn't we already talk about winter? We may have talked about winter. Yeah. Now we're talking about spring. Yeah. So in elementary school, uh, we would uh, make these uh, art projects for when March comes in like a lion and out like a lamb. Right. Or in like a lamb or out like a lion. No, it's the first one. It's in like a lion. Out. Yeah. The idea is like, it, you know, at the beginning of March, it's all stormy and wintry. And at the end of March, it's nice and warm and spring-like, uh, like a lamb. Like a lamb. Okay. Now, now that makes a little bit more sense. And, but we would make, we would take those uh, paper plates, those white paper plates, mm-hmm. uh, where you have like a circle and then like the... It's like kind of ridgy around Ridgy, the yeah, ridge around it. Um, and we would cut those out and, uh, and then decorate them and have like puffy things on it to be lions on one side and lambs on the other. How adorable. Yeah, I remember that. Distinct. What age was this? Probably second grade. Yeah, it feels like a second grade project. Yeah. Yeah. And we'd he, hang he, them around the, on the, in the classroom. And, yeah. Uh, and it'd be very exciting when the, the first, like, daffodils yeah. would, like, poke out. I always found spring so bittersweet. Like, way more so than fall. Fall was, like, like almost, like, relaxing. Like, oh, summer's finally over. Like, summer was a lot, right? <laughs> And then, and fall is like a, like a relaxation, you know, all the leaves are, are coming down and everything's very chill, you know, all the leaves very, are brown. Yeah. And it's, and the sky's gray. And then you put on your sweater and it's, and it's like very relaxed. Mm. Spring is like, things are heating up. It's getting exciting in here. And I remember like, it always felt like new begin. I had the same sort of melancholy about spring that I have about back to school time in September. Like oh. the idea, you know, I, for me, it's almost exactly the same mood. Oh, no kidding. Uh, because it's kind of like the, like promise of all this future stuff that's about to happen. Um, yeah, that's, so that's, that's the vibe I had as a kid. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I was, I think I was always most excited about fall. Yeah. Um, but I was never, I never had dread around spring. I don't know that I have dread. Dread's a little strong, but also I, I also associate it. Uh, with allergies, which uh, I had a lot of yeah. in Oklahoma. So if you look at a map of all the different climate zones of the United States, uh, three, sometimes four of them, depending on the map, all intersect in Oklahoma. You know, it's like the Rockies, the Gulf, the Midwest, all kind of intersect there. And this is the same reason they have tornadoes, but it also means that they just have allergens, Yeah, strong a, to- a tornado of allergens. A, a, a tornado of allergens. And also, in it's the 80s and 90s, um, they didn't have Claritin or Zyrtec. Yeah. Uh, they had whatever the predecessors to those pills were, and they were only available by prescription. So it would be like uh, me and me and Sudafed or whatever, you <laughs> know, whatever the antihistamine or, you know, Benadryl, try not to get sleepy. Um, and I just spent years... Um, suffering from allergies and uh so that's the other thing i associate spring with is just like okay we're coming out of the winter it's just going to be a stuffy nose for the next six months do you still have that now no uh whatever the east coast does not trigger my allergies the same way just the mix of whatever is here it's like I'm, i'm not sure exactly what it is you know some people are allergic to trees and other people to grass or to pollen or whatever those categories are um so, so whatever is here, it rarely triggers it. And I have Zyrtec and that reliably deadens it on the rare times when it happens. Hmm. I've so. never, uh, as far as I know, I've never really suffered from really? allergies. So I, it's, it's a- I had it so much that it didn't occur to me that that wasn't a thing people dealt with. Mm. It was just like, oh yeah, you, you're constantly dripping and sneezing and have a stuffed up nose and have to like every single day for, you know, three to six months. Wow. Like that was just, that's just that's how just, it is. That, that's just the- um, And then like to move to the East Coast, or to move to New York and be like, what is, what is this feeling of, of normalcy? It's what, what wonderland have I, have I <laughs> found myself in? Um, so that's what I associate with spring. So I was walking, uh, this morning, uh, on, uh, on the way to work, I walked up the high line and they were, uh, kind of cutting back the winter underbrush mm, okay. and they, they had signage up for the past, uh, month or so month plus uh saying 
why is there all this underbrush? Mm-hmm. And they answered it with, oh, well, because we want to have, it's a, to protect the young plants that are growing underneath. And right. also it's a habitat for bees and other insects that okay. are necessary. And so they had some kind of yeah. like hippie like know, explanation for, it. yeah, th- this is all good stuff. And, uh, but today though, they, they had, they had the crews out and they started to, uh, pull it back and, and cut back and trim it. And you could see the, the buds of certain flowers starting to come already. Oh, nice. It was actually really, really lovely. And I was, uh, walking up the High Line, listening to the soundtrack from Moana, mm-hmm. uh, because, uh, last night there was a, uh, my, my team from, from the office, we had a group outing where we went to, uh, do karaoke. Okay. And, uh, Somehow, I as a joke slash not joke, I suggested Moana, mm-hmm. um, and I think it was what where where I'll go or I, I don't know the titles, right? But or how far I'll go? I yes, guess. Uh, and I ended up singing that as a duet with uh, with somebody from the office, and I told the the story about how I. Uh, would walk up the High Line listening to this music, and it would be a great way to start my day. And sure. instead of it's you know, it's inspiring. Yeah, because I but I often will be listening to podcasts. Like a lot of times when I'm walking around the city, I'm mm-hmm. listening to podcasts. The following um, sleep podcast is <laughs> <laughs> part of your right. So anyway, skip skip. Um, and I, but but I, I've made a conscious effort sometimes to like no 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 like just like don't have all these voices in your head. Uh, just have music and, and, and clear your head that way and, and think about the day. And uh, so I, that all came to me last night and I decided this morning to actually walk the High Line and listen to Moana. And and it just so happened that this was the day all that, the, underbrush, that the being, underbrush was being cleared yeah. and now, you know, and now like Hudson Yards has opened. Your, yeah. On your shoulder. Yeah. And it was, it was quite, uh, it was quite dramatic and I kind of had a nice like step in my, uh, what, spring in my step. Uh, a step into spring. Step into spring, uh, and it was it was kind of like a nice. But now it's been uh, a really dreary, cloudy day. Yeah, it's cloudy. Uh, I mean, listeners know that. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Not as cold as it used to be. Nice. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's nice. It's getting warmer every day. Oh, <laughs> uh, my my daughter, despite the fact that it is getting warmer every day, still wants to wear her winter coat. Looks is a cool coat. Well, it is a cool coat. But it's like, oh, hey, you want to wear your, your lighter weight jacket? No, I want to wear my purple coat. It's like, and she says it with this inflection like, you idiot. Why would you ask like, such a duh. stupid question? So just, so there's something there when you said, do you want to wear? Like, I can't, like, I, I feel like the, the, the parents that I observe now, yeah. like you and my siblings and other, mm-hmm. you know, other friends and their kids, um, I feel like do a lot of oh, do you want to do mm-hmm. this or do you want to do that? Or do you want to wear this or do you want to wear that? Mm-hmm. Or they're, they, I feel like there are all these options that are presented. We do like to know why. I was the youngest of seven kids. I understand. There were no options presented to me. There's, Here's the coat I'm wearing. Right. Part of that is a function of the number of children. Yeah. The options go down. The, you know, the, small, the, you know, the, more, the more kids you have to arrange. Um, but, you know, are you familiar with the, uh, the concept of the... Um, Uh, of how like a how a water co- water heater uh, avoids corrosion on the inside of the tank. Of course, I'm very familiar with this, but uh-huh. just just for our listeners who may not be as familiar, why don't you explain it to them? And definitely, I'll explain not it to, to them. And, but you know this. So I know this. I'm sorry so, to bore you with yeah, the following sure, explanation. Sure. Uh, as you might imagine, if a water if a water uh, hot water heater, if the inside of it if it's made of metal, it's a steel tank, it's going to have water in there by definition. <laughs> why doesn't it rust from the inside out, right? That would be, a, as you might imagine, that's a, and you also don't want to have rust in your hot water, right? So no. how do you prevent rust on the inside of this tank where you're not going to go inspect it? It's the inside of the tank. Okay. What they do is they have a sacrificial zinc rod. And what it does is it's a particular, you know, it, it sticks into the middle of the thing and corrosion uh, will prefer the zinc to the steel. Okay? So... The zinc rod gets eaten up over time. It's a it's a con, it's a consumable, and you have to you have to replace it every few years, right? And but but if you do that, if you replace it sufficiently, it will basically ensure that the inside of your hot water tank uh, never gets rusty, uh, because the zinc is basically taking the taking the hit by being more attractive. Hmm. Okay. Offering children, do you want to fill in the blank? Is the sacrificial zinc rod of the stuff you have to get them to do? Hmm. You offer them the stuff you don't care about or the stuff where it's a, you know, it's, it's the stakes are low, the or, stakes are low or whatever, because you know, 
what you know the fact that we're getting in the car right now is not up for debate i'm not saying hey do you want to get in the car because that's got to happen i'm not going to say give them the opportunity to say no but whether or not they want to wear this jacket or that jacket doesn't make that much difference so i might as well present it as an offer as an option so that they're engaged in the activity because inherent in putting on your coat you aren't putting on your coat unless you're going out the door right so i can get them involved in putting on the coat they're already committed to going out the door it's a way of getting them committed to the thing i overall archingly want so it's the illusion of choice that's right uh in uh, masquerading the reality of subjugation yes are you are you raising future libertarians uh i'm raising people who are willingly participating in the modern neoliberal state. Oh, good. Is it? Well, yeah, because we're participants in the modern neoliberal state. So of course I think that's good. I'm not so sure. And what's the alternative? Exactly. All right. What's the next topic? Road trips. I like to listen to podcasts on road trips. Really? No. How many pod? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Podcasts are excellent for road trips, but I most of the road trips I've taken in my life, I've done prior to the era of podcasts. Mm. So it was books on tape or, um, you know, radio. Yeah. Or, well, playlists, I think, are a big deal for road okay. trips, I, right. I feel. And I can still remember uh, a playlist. Now, this was like a mixtape, but it was when you would make a mixtape, there was a CD. Yeah. You'd uh, burn a CD? Burn a CD. Okay. Um, it's funny because when you say I would burn a CD, I can target that activity to about a five-year yeah. range where where that was a thing one could do. Oh, my gosh. So I was just in my parents' house uh, the, the other week uh, and I had to clean up some stuff in my parents' basement, and there was a trove of blank CDs. Oh, like a big stack of them. No, it was like two stacks. It was like some, <laughs> like the, my dad probably got in 2004 sure. or something and just bought, you know, for when you might need yep. to yep. have these CDs you'd burn. Because like a lot of technological things, it started off, originally they were a relatively expensive commodity. And then over time they got to be less expensive. And to and do you remember like uh, there'd be different qualities yeah. and characteristics of like, like CDR, CDR plus, CDR minus, yeah. CDRW. Yeah, yeah. And then you could get the gold ones because those are better. <laughs> I don't know. They would last longer. Um, but yeah, there was a time between, I would say something like 99, 2000 was the earliest part of the, when, when, CD, when uh, computers came with uh, burners, yeah. as they called them. Yeah, yeah and uh cd burners and then i'm not sure when that stopped being a thing but eventually it sort of it sort of just fell out of like i would say around maybe the ipod era is when i when ipods really took off at like 2005 2006 uh when people just stopped doing cds as yeah. a, as well, a when, when, and flash drives came, came along well, information really transitioned from physical to digital um, I mean, a CD is digital. I know, but it's it's a still a, the on CD. A fi- on, yeah, but a flash drive is still a physical item. No. Yeah. Just because it holds several gigabytes. Let's go back to road trips. Road trips. So, uh, did your family take road trips? Was that a thing you guys did? We did a little bit. I mean, we would we would drive to the beach, uh-huh. and that was always like three and a half hours. And, okay. And, and then how long does drive- it have to be before it's a road trip? Like uh, if you drive, if, like if you take a trip, a vacation-y trip, but it's 45 minutes away, I don't think people would call that a road trip. No, that's not a road trip. Okay. I think it has to, well, so I think for me it would always be, it'd have to be more than two and a half hours to be a road trip. Okay. Or maybe three hours plus. Okay. So it's like a three-hour trip. That's where, a road trip. That's a road trip. I think that's about right. Where where you need to take a, you either need to get to your destination in one go uh-huh. or need to make a, a stop. Well, those are the options. <laughs> <laughs> it's either it's either you have to take a stop or stay with me now you don't <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so do we need to get into the kind of definition of what a road trip is first? i mean if, if assuming if that's interesting you know i'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> are there versions of a three-hour uh drive that's not a road trip can you make a three or four hour drive that's not a road trip? I mean, yeah. I mean, sometimes when you have a commute that, like, that God, was, can you imagine? Yeah. I mean, I know that exists. That seems like, that seems. Who? How many people really have a three I guess, hour I commute? Guess, I guess. I guess a road trip to me is a little bit more of it. It's a frame of mind, and so there's. That's sort of what I'm getting. Yeah. At. There's like, and to me, there's a there's a playlist. Um, or okay. like, like, what are some tunes? We're, we're gonna, gonna listen, we're gonna listen. We're gonna, to we're gonna jam some tunes, um, and then there's <laughs> jam some tunes. 
and that there are uh, road trip snacks. I think is another component. Okay, that this is one thing. the The biggest road trip we ever had was my uh, my uncle was getting married in Florida, so we drive we drove to Florida from uh, Oklahoma, and the road trip was part of the attraction. Sure, right? uh, and you know it became a tradition that at the you know on on the at the gas breaks, when we would have to pull in to fill the fill up the forty gallon tank in the Chevy Suburban, uh, we could select a candy uh, of you know of our choosing at the gas at whatever gas station we were at, and that was like that was like it became a ritual, right? Because it was an easy way for my mom to just say yes to something, and it would give us a something to something to do. And so that that snack, the idea of like oh you're gonna have you're gonna have you know junk food or some kind of snack food uh, on the road trip, I, I agree is a is a key part of it. So I, I, I want to go uh, one step further and also kind of uh, delineate between family road trips and friend road trips. Mm. Okay. I feel like there's something here. Yeah. And so I, 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 wanna, I, I kind of want to, because I feel like we could take this in two very different directions. Mm-hmm. And when you first said road trip to me, I was thinking and I was imagining more friend road trip does it count if it's your significant other is that its own category ah uh, or is that like a friend road trip that's actually interesting because um, most of the road trips that's I've closer, had that's closer to a friend road trip than a family road I, trip I think you're right unless we're also talking about your own children yeah no, no I'm, what I'm thinking of is like road trips with like me and Jess pre-children um, are much closer to like a friend road trip because you know you're not you don't have, your parents aren't there right yeah, because on my family road trips, we pray the rosary. You pray the rosary? We pray the rosary every single trip. Uh, now, I am not Catholic, and... No one's perfect. I, <laughs> to, to be perfectly frank, I don't exactly know what you mean when you say prayed the rosary. Do you want me to... I know what a ros- rosary is the necklace, right? The beads? <laughs> it's, it's, it's the beaded... It's a the, prayer... It's a it's a series of prayer. It's not beads. it's not a necklace. It's, yeah, it's not really it's okay. not it's not really supposed to be worn as a necklace. Completely Got it. Yet. Okay, yeah. it can be. I think in some. But Look, I think we're it's, just it, we're just here learning together. Sure. sure. Um, it's the beads. It's prayer beads. Right. Okay. And it, and, and it involves the, the, the physical. It, the physical rosary is actually just a guide to the actual prayer. Okay. Okay. And so and it's just a is, way of it's keeping Lord's prayer. It, the Lord's Prayer is a component of it. So it's, okay. the, the, the physical rosary beads yes. are a way of keeping pace or track of where you are in the praying in of the, sequence. the rosary sequence. Right, it's okay. a counting right. aid. And there are, I believe it's five decades of a rosary is what it's called. And, a de- and what is a decade? A decade is ten, ten, ten of Hail Marys with one Our Father and a Glory Be. Sorry, and how far there is the Lord's Prayer? The, our Father is the Lord's Prayer. Okay, although what, it's a little bit a Hail different. Mary? It's a little bit. To, Hail Mary is in football. When <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to pass on that? There's, there's two seconds left. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, so it's the the uh, Our Father is the Lord's Prayer. Although a little wrinkle here, uh, Protestants and Catholics have a slightly different version. Is that right? Of the of the Lord's Prayer. Because um, <laughs> ours says "F the Pope" halfway, halfway through. <laughs> no, actually, the 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 Protestant one I think has the "For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory is yours now and forever." Something like that. Okay, is not part of the Catholic Rosary, uh, the Catholic Our Father. Okay. Nevertheless, it's it's that's it's in roughly the same prayer. It's, so yeah, there's roughly. Hail Marys. So you do you, sorry, do, you, you, do, you do you do an Our Father. Yeah. And then you do ten Hail Marys. Okay. And then you do a Glory Be. And what's Glory Be? Uh. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and the Holy okay, Spirit, fine. as was well beginning, is now and ever, shall be world. But it's the same amen. kind of thing. It's a prayer. It's a it's a rote prayer. Yeah. Okay. Got but, it. But there's it's it's also a call and response prayer. So it's something you can do on your own, mm. um, but you can also do out loud and in a group. As a group. So you have you have a leader. And, yeah. And so you, so my father would and maybe you'd, you'd switch off on each decade who was the leader and and then everybody else would reply. Okay. So a decade is. One of, one of the one of the Our Fathers, one of the Glory Bees with with ten Hail Marys in the middle. Yes. So it's twelve items. Yes. That's a decade, and there are five of those. There's five rotations. Five, there's five decades. Yeah. And then, but you could do if you wanted to do the whole thing. I believe you do three turns of the the five decades because there's three mysteries. Okay. Um, so it's you do three times each. that set of five decades. I believe if that's like the full full, but I I so no, that's the, 180 prayers. I know we're getting we're getting at the. 
I mean, we're we're really so when somebody we're, says we're trying to pull into some like muscle memory here. No, this is good. Of, like it's been you know more than me. Yeah, the when so, you but I, I, I'm also not giving you the Wikipedia. No, that's fine. Guidance but, here, but, but it's, it, this is when all somebody from basic says pray from, like, the eleven year old memory. They're talking about going through either sixty or one hundred and eighty of these prayers. They're talking about going through sixty of these prayers. And how long no, does that 50, take? Well, well, no, it's it's five times twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it depends how fast you are. So you can just does it matter? Is there is there a qualitative difference? Right. It's to me. It's uh, there is something. uh, It's it's a when you're doing it on your own. I think there's a meditative quality to it that people kind of like in a a mantra. It's a mantra that you just get lost in, Uh and just like in in, in many other religions where people have a mantra or a a meditation process of some sort where you just kind of are using the prayer as a way to uh, focus your mind and your attention and your intentions um, in a way. And there's supposed to be, there's different... um, there's supposed to be things you're reflecting on during the different decades of okay. the rosary. Or so you have five decades, and, and, and prayer guides say, like, during the first one, you think about this, and the second yeah. one, you think about that. Yeah, you, okay. you think about, like, during the the like the glorious mysteries and the sorrowful mysteries, and there's something else. There's three different types of mysteries, I believe. And uh, of the five glorious mysteries, you one of them is, like, the ascension into to heaven um one of the sorrow for mysteries is like the agony in the garden uh when jesus um had been betrayed three times and i, I think I, I you know but, but there but the idea is you have a, a focus of your attention while you're doing this rote uh prayer yeah praying. exactly okay. that you're that you're reflecting on some kind Got of reflection it. so you're telling you're me this. that as a as a group how many people are in the car? Well, I mean, I, I was the youngest of seven children. No, I, un- okay, I so, understand. Uh, Irish Catholic. So is it so all we, nine of you are in no, the... I mean, they, very rarely, because, you know, I, you know, were we all not... And we had a van. Right. That was my next question. Van. We had a big, big van, so we did that do it. Could, but, that could accommodate nine? That could accommodate nine. Um, but I think that my my memory, my my most acute memory of the, of the rosary would be maybe with the four little kids, as mm-hmm. we were called, and then the three older boys. Um, it was with the four little kids and my parents. So maybe there's okay. six of us. So only six of you. Only six of us doing <laughs> it. And then, and then maybe then only five of us, only four of us. Like So maybe it was okay. just my, my Nevertheless, one yep. you're on a road trip. We're on a road trip. Dad's driving? And, and dad's driving, and we're driving up to uh, my Nana's, my uh-huh. dad's mother. Uh, where, which where are was, they? She was in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, which okay. is three and a half hour road trip. Classic uh, road trip length. Or we'd be going to... Uh, the Delaware beaches, uh, uh, Dewey, Rehoboth, or Bethany, and that'd be about three and a half hours or okay. so. So you're in a three-hour trip, and is this meant to be? What's the what's the mood in the car overall during the road trip? Because rosary sounds uh, strikes me as a somber. Yeah, mood. I think it's it, it is it is it is somber. It's it's a way to pass the time. Maybe. Yeah. Um, it's also a is way. Is it like a you're we're supposed? Does he like it, or does he think like we're supposed to do it? Because uh, there's I, no I, way the kids like it. Yeah, there's no way we like it. But like, it's just something you do. Just like you're forced to go to mass. So, of Sunday course, and, you're forced to go everywhere. And you're forced to say grace, uh, you know, before yeah. uh, before every meal. So it, it's just a thing you do. Right. And it's, it's, just a, like, it's a chore you're doing. It's a chore you're, and it's just like that's what you know, uh-huh. and that's what you do, and right. that's what you know. But is dad is dad enjoying? It? How does mom feel about this? Is she mom, into it? Mom's into it. Yeah. 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 They're both into it. Yeah. Is she is leading, they, or is she just part of the chorus? No, well, they, I think we took turns. Leading. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. So, so dad would start maybe, and then it'd be, you know, everybody has their has their turn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, what was the overall tone though? Was like a lot of conversation? Was it quiet? Was yeah, it? Be, yeah, I think there's always chit chat. There'd always be like maybe fighting in the back seat. Mm-hmm. You know, dividing lines between your uh, my brother mm-hmm. uh, or my sister. You know, no, no, this he crossed the line. This is uh-huh. not. You know. Um, a lot of like a lot of bickering of that sort. We would do like the license plate game, um, or we we do a lot of uh, I'm going on a picnic and I'm bringing apples, and then you'd go through the alphabet. I'm going then you you would say I'm going on a picnic and, and I'm bringing apples and bananas, and then and then each person has to add a letter. Yeah, that's good. To, I haven't, I don't think I've done that one. Oh really? Oh, it's yeah. a fun. It's actually that is fun. I, that is a fun one. Yeah. Um, and uh, but. <laughs> But yeah, I think, and, and we'd also would listen to some books on tape too. Mm. Um, One of the, so I loved listening to any, like as a kid, I would, I would have loved podcasts if they had, if they had existed Yeah, because I loved books on tape and I loved to just listen to people talk about things and I loved uh, radio shows like car talk or whatever, you know, uh, Prairie Home Companion, uh, which are, which are sort of like very um, podcasty. 
yeah. in their tone. Anyway, I remember... That's also like saying that music is very CDE. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I understand. Okay. Um, just giving right over that. Okay. Cutting this out. <laughs> Leave that in. <laughs> no. Can't stop me. Um, and, but there's a lot of road noise. I remember it being difficult huh. to hear and listen to spoken things just because like either you had to turn it up so loud that it was too loud or you had trouble just hearing it just mm. because there's cars were the cars were like we we once took a, a trip um right after my my younger brother was born and it was inclu- and we brought my grandmother so it was the five of us plus my grandmother so that's six people and one of the one of us is an infant in a car seat our Volkswagen Golf, I think, uh, couldn't accommodate that, so we rented a minivan. Uh, and this was this was kind of a exciting thing at the time. It's like we're going to rent a minivan for a week or whatever, drive up to Colorado, and then drive back. And the minivan had a headphone jack in the passenger side, where whatever was playing on the radio, you could plug your headphone jack into that and then listen on headphones wow. and I thought that, oh this is like the future is now the future is now exactly because I could hear that I could be like oh I can actually tell and you had an independent volume control on that headphone jack mm. anyway that's pretty good I'm sorry is that it uh, yeah end of story do you um, do you when you are planning a vacation is a road trip a thing you enjoy doing or is it just a necessary way of getting where you're going I'll tell you a, a, a relatively recent uh, road trip story. A couple of years ago, a friend of mine from high school was uh, moving his family from Portland, Oregon, to Richmond, Virginia, mm-hmm. and he needed help driving. So his so he's gonna he's gonna do the move. He's gonna do the move or and drive he had, the van. He, I think he the, I forget all the details at this point, but uh, he had a Penske truck, like a big yep. you know big truck, and he had his his car that was like a. Is he gonna tow that car behind he, the Penske? No, truck? he was oh. gonna drive both. Okay, and he had a dog. <laughs> is the uh, dog going to drive one of them? <laughs> and so he had me and then another friend from, uh-huh. from growing up uh, that we flew out uh, to uh, to Portland to help him. And it's his, I think his wife and a child at the time were going to fly mm-hmm. or something. And um, and I was actually excited. No, he asked me as a favor, and but I was excited to do it because mm. I'd never driven cross country. Yeah, it's kind of a, right. Because I remember the first time I ever drove across the country, it, it does feel like a little bit of an accomplishment. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It is oh, something. Look yeah. at that. Look at us. And so we did it in under four days, which is really... That's uh, pretty good. It's really something. Yeah, yeah. I think I think of it as, in my experience at least, I've, I've, we've done New York to LA uh, and LA to New York. And it takes about f- f- like 48 hours of driving, however you want to split that up. Yeah. So that's like four pretty long days. Yeah. And it was... Uh, I think the, the limiting factors were like we had the dogs, so we had to stop for that, and, okay. and we had the truck, the Penske truck, and so it was tough. So there's three of us, and we would rotate. A truck makes it harder, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And so we would rotate two of us in the truck, which didn't have, which was like, you know, hard to sit in, yeah. and it didn't have great sound system, too. Uh-huh. It was just a loud truck. Yeah. And uh, it was a little bit, you know, a little bit more uh, trepidatious to drive, you know, and yeah. then the other, uh, the car was one of those hybrid, you know, not hybrid, but one of those, uh, what do they call them? The, the, it's like a, it was a Volvo, but it wasn't a quite like an SUV, but it wasn't crossover? quite a, a crossover, not a hybrid, but a, a crossover. And it's actually really lovely and easy to drive. And so, so a regular car and a reg- then a big truck. Yeah. Um, and I actually really liked, uh, being in the car by myself because uh, yeah. then I would do I had a book on tape and uh-huh. podcasts and things right. like that and I loved it it was oh, great yeah. uh, and then I also loved being in the truck with one of the other two guys when right. these were so that's how you would do it you do yeah. two people in the truck one in the car right because we felt right. like the that truck was it's harder oh, it is, in the car you'd have the dog uh, okay. which is kind of fun uh, too <laughs> okay. uh, and uh, I think the, the, the only the only bad part about the whole trip was uh, the food Right, like it was just. Hmm. I realized, like, I am not a fast food. Person. Right, because you end up eating a lot of fast food and, because yeah. that's literally what's available. And I'm, I, I don't eat meat. I am a pescatarian, so like, it limits your options. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not limiting in my most, most, like, the vast majority of my day. Eat a lot of life. French fries. I did a lot of French fries. I did. I think I did do like the fish, you know, fish fillet. Oh yeah, or, or make fish. What do they call it? Uh, the whatever. Fish, yeah. yeah, fish uh, fillet. There, there's no way that's good fish. No, 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 no. But it's you know it's fine. But I felt it. It, it was and for, put aside like the my my dietary restrictions. Even if I were full omnivore, eating fast food that much. Oh, you'd feel the same. It's just yeah, ugh. absolutely. Um, 
But it was really astounding to me. I really loved seeing the country that way. I, I really enjoyed doing it. I mean, I was doing it as a favor, but I got a lot of, I derived a lot of value out of the trip. It mm. was a fun experience. Um, I don't think I'd, I, I purposely, uh, I think, have, have lived my life or put myself in opportunities where I don't have to commute in a, a, a mm. through by driving, and I'm glad I don't. I, I don't think I would enjoy a, um, a driving commute. There, there, I've had very small, uh, very few parts of my life where I did have a daily drive right. commute, and I, I hated that. I have to say, that is one thing. When we moved, we, li- we lived in L.A., and we moved back, my commute now is approximately the same amount of time. And despite all the annoyances of the of the train, I prefer that so much to driving. Just because th- the psychic load of paying attention to, to driving is higher than the annoyance of being on the train or, you know, anything like that. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the sort of thing where it, it just, it just sort of grinds you down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so all that, all that said, uh, I really enjoy driving just in the open road. Like I don't like driving mm. through traffic. I don't yeah. like driving, but I love just driving. It, right. it, there's something really, yeah, there's something highway driving, or highway just, driving. Okay. I, I do like highway, like big, you know, I'm talking about driving through Wyoming and right in Colorado and, and Utah and right. uh, Nebraska. What's and the Iowa. fastest you ever got up to? <laughs> uh, I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm not a, I, 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 I don't like to speed, speed, speed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Although yeah. I did get pulled over, uh, believe it or not in Wyoming on this road trip on this, on this road trip and i i got away with the warning okay um and i you know it was i wasn't i was maybe going like 80 and a 65 and like right. that's and probably when about, there's no cars when there's no cars yeah. like, that's about what i yeah. am com- you know I, I or in a i might go 84 and a 65 i'll never go more than it also depends on is is the road straight? Can you is it yeah. is there cl- clear visibility and so on? Yeah, and but I also would you know do the cruise control and like set right. it and and also I have a truck behind me that I don't want to lose right. as well and all those kind of things. So yeah. another road trip I had was uh, with my friend Ryan uh, in college, and it was over the summer. We were both living in D.C. and he wanted to go up to New York uh, to see a friend of his um, for the weekend, and I had been to New York, but there maybe once or twice like it barely so obviously this is before you lived here and so new york is kind of a exotic location Yeah, exactly yeah and so we drive we borrow a third friend's car aaron so we're driving aaron's car to me and ryan um no you don't Aaron. uh and and we end up uh this is also before i think we had MapQuest. maybe we'd print out directions but this is oh but you don't have you don't have phones we we do it we have you, well, mean, you, no, have, you have a cell phone. I'm saying you don't have an iPhone. We don't, you don't have a GPS. Yeah, yeah. We don't have GPS. Right. Uh, anything like the that. The whole time we lived in LA, which is not that long ago, we didn't. We had no GPS. This is before iPhones. Yeah. And we and like GPSs were a thing some cars had, but we didn't have them. And so we had a printed map. Yeah. You just have a folded map. Sure. And it's just like, oh yeah, you go down whatever street and take a left at whatever street. And it's like you fold out your map and look it up. Yeah. I don't think we even had that. Like we literally just were like, well, the signs should be able to point us how to get to New York. Right. Like, we just left D.C. You, oh, wow. You really kind of just... Yeah, we kind of just left D.C. and started driving. I mean, for something like that, you're not wrong. Yeah. Because anytime you're going... I, I've noticed this if, for example, we drive to some location in New Jersey, for example, and it's like, okay, some particular... Um, whatever. There's lots of towns. Let's say we're, we're going to see a friend or something in New Jersey. So you got to follow the directions because it's like, okay, go through the Holland Tunnel, Make sure to get on this highway and then get off at this exit. And then you sort of follow the directions and you get to wherever you're going. But on the way back, it's like you're going down a funnel. Yeah. You just sort of like, you don't have to worry about it. You just follow the signs for New York. And the next thing you know, you're in Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, so for, for, the, for your purposes. That's what we did. But, but for whatever reason, I think we left, uh, I forget when we left. Maybe it was a Saturday. Maybe it was a Friday. But we hit a lot of traffic. Oh, yeah. And we might have made some wrong turns and things like that. But we, without a map, and we, we and I kept on saying to Ryan, I was like, Ryan, it's the it's the journey, it's not the destination. Because mm-hmm. we were just, we were, it was... How many times did you have to say that before he uh, lost his temper? You know, here's the funny thing is, now Ryan and I, I, I kind of lost touch with him. I saw him a couple years ago, but it's been a while. But I saw a New Yorker cartoon recently, and I sent it to him. I texted it to him. Um, and... I'm trying to find it right now. Uh, oh, and it's it's a it's a New Yorker cartoon. It, it, this is I was on the app, New Yorker app. So I, this isn't a recent New Yorker cartoon. It's just you know they, they historical historical maybe. Um, and they have a guy driving, and then they have what appears to be a Buddhist monk, 
um, uh, with shaved head and in monk gear, uh, and the guy's like typing into a, a big GPS screen uh, on his dashboard, and the monk says, "Enter the journey, not the destination." Which I think is good. So I sent it to Ryan. I was like, I thought of you when I saw this. Because that was like a mantra. Because this trip from D.C. to New York, which should have taken four to five hours. That's, that's what I would expect. It took us, I, I, if memory recalls, seven or eight hours. Like, we just hit a lot of traffic. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And when we also got to the city, we didn't exactly know where his friend. So we, had a, we stopped at a payphone, and we called his friend, and uh-huh. we had to get... Like additional clear, directions. Additional directions, but after we were where was his in, friend? What borough was it in? She she was staying with her brother in Harlem, I think. Okay. Uh, so we so it's so it's like how do you get up to Harlem? Yeah, from like Lower Manhattan, which is fine. I mean, that was sure. But uh, and I remember we like crashed on their floor, and it, it was a really really great time. Hmm. And it was just we went and we we came downtown and we went to some bar and we saw some band and it was just exhilarating to me that I had this like New York experience and like everything about it was very I remember going to buy grapes um, at a store at a bodega yeah and they were super expensive and I was like what how are things this expensive in New York but yeah uh, that's just like New York that's how it is that's how it is uh, and I don't know it's, it's just really cool it was a it was a really fun road trip uh, even though uh, and what I liked about it too is like we were both like we were both I think Ryan got a little bit more anxious and had a little bit more anxiety about uh, how long it was taking. But I was like, it, we're, we're college students in the summer right. on a weekend. Nothing matters. Right. Like this is, we literally just, this is all we have to do. Right. You have no, drive you, up. You have no obligations. And we're just, and just chat with each other. Right. And that's it. You right. know. It's okay that you're in traffic. It's okay that we're in traffic. Yeah. Um, okay. Next topic. Chalkboards. Chalkboards? You heard me. <laughs> w- when's the first time you ever heard of a dry erase board? I remember these being like an invention. Uh, like they came onto the scene at some point in my life that I can't remember, but it was sometime in my, you know, edge in in my childhood years, Mm -hmm. um, that dry erase boards became a thing. But I feel like prior to whenever this was entirely throughout my elementary school, there were chalkboards. Yeah. Chalkboards are ubiquitous until they weren't. Until they weren't, but they still, so it's funny that when you say chalkboards and you're right to to then bring up because my mind immediately went to dry erase boards right right exactly and just this thing that stands in opposition to this other thing it's like we we had chalkboards for a long time and now we realized wait a minute there's a better way to do this well is there well that's that's an open question that's maybe that's the that's the that's the consensus it seems that the conventional wisdom is that chalkboards are not the best way to do it let's go to uh, dry erase boards um well, there, there has get, been, get if we just look at what the facts are, there, there has been a broad uh, transition from chalkboards to, to whiteboards, dry erase boards, in most areas where you could have one or the other. Yeah. So much so, but nevertheless, there are, um, there's a minority that contends that chalkboards are superior. Uh, hmm. So, for example, when the junior high was remodeling um, in, when I was eighth grade, let's say, uh, the teachers were all going to get whiteboards, dry erase boards, unless they specified otherwise. Mm. And so you, you as the teacher could say, no, I want, I want to keep my blackboard or, or, or get a new one or however they were doing it. And so my, my, uh, my friend's mom, who was an English teacher, and I think there was one other teacher, but it was a minority. It was like, like two, maybe three teachers kept their blackboards. Everyone else got whiteboards mm. and either didn't care or preferred it or whatever. Uh, and so all through my sort of junior high and high school years was almost entirely whiteboards. Um, so I think that's kind of like when, when it happened, right? Mid, mid to late nineties. Um, and yet from what I, from what I can tell, like for a lot of the purposes, like chalkboards actually are good, if not better at a lot of things. So I'm going to, uh, disagree. Uh, I think that I, I think whiteboards are, uh, superior in, uh, nearly every way. Okay. Um, and I'll say this because I, uh, you know, I, I fully made the transition to embracing whiteboards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Did it take, like, you, you, you say that like it was a, an event that happened. Like, no, like, no, no, no. But like I, a thought process. No, maybe not. I wasn't no. sure it was going to happen, but I've, I've, I've come around to whiteboards. No, but I, I'm a fan of whiteboards, uh, but still in my work life now, I still encounter chalkboards. When? Uh, in two 
specific contexts, uh, and 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 I don't enjoy using chalkboards okay, in these right, contexts. Okay. Uh, so one context is in our project in Rwanda. It's a high school there. Um, it's they have all chalkboards. They have chalkboards. Okay, and um, and it's just I'm like ugh, I feel like it's I feel like it's uh, it's what's affordable. It's what makes sense. It's uh-huh. what's you know. It's I don't I don't know. I, there are certainly whiteboards in Rwanda, but I'm not sure how expensive they are. How right. Hard it, chalk is cheaper than markers. And chalk chalk is uh, chalk is cheaper, but talk is cheapest and then chalk is cheaper mm-hmm. and then dry erase markers probably are a little bit more expensive yeah uh, that's the old saying yeah yeah <laughs> uh and then i uh i teach a, a graduate uh seminar at not to brag a, not to brag um at a uh i would say like a, a relatively yeah prestigious uh university you're not, gonna, you're not gonna say what it is i don't know if that matters <laughs> okay but i've been teaching this uh this like seminar so it's just for up to 16 students is max prestigious uh, you said it was I mean, come on uh <laughs> that's not the point but it, it and i've been teaching it now for almost five <laughs> years i think uh-huh. and the first three years i taught it uh i was in like just at a classroom that they assigned to me yeah that was tight like you it was it, it was wasn't what i wanted it to be for like 16 it was, too, it was a little too small for it's just it could it could group. fit 16 uh chairs yeah you know students ask and had a, a stationary teacher, uh, but then it had a blackboard. Okay. A stationary teacher desk, and then had a blackboard. No whiteboard. It did have a projector and a monitor, but it was like clunky, and you mm. couldn't have the students really sit around in a circle, which is what I prefer. And uh, but then after I taught a couple times, then I got wise to the you know how early uh, and who do I have to ask about getting a room yeah. that has whiteboards okay and so Which, I've now transitioned to whiteboard room and now I know a thing or two I've been now how around. much of your preference for whiteboards is familiarity with it is it just like you feel you know like you're driving on the wrong side of the road with a chalkboard yeah I think it's that and it's I think the way I um, like to use whiteboards is um, uh, is in diagramming things and uh and in drawing shapes and and symbols and things like that and showing relationships more so than writing lots of text for people to then copy Hmm. okay so i i might make a case that uh when it comes to just writing text uh chalkboards are fine um and when it uh and they maybe are comparable to whiteboards and they both are good at you know, writing text. But when it comes to uh, creating visual sense-making, creating designs, creating, uh, you know, frameworks, creating diagrams, uh, I feel like whiteboards are... They're much uh, more buzzword compatible? Yeah, much more (laughs) synergistic in their buzzword uh, compatibility. No, I I just think it's easier to use. And you can use different colors. uh, Yeah. And... uh, I mean, you can use different colors of chalk, but... Yeah, that doesn't really work that well, though. Okay. Uh, so I find the density of whatever ends up on a whiteboard to be much lower than in general than what ends up on a chalkboard. So for me, it feels a little bit like transitioning from a pencil to crayon. Oh, um, interesting. And maybe that's just a, the way people tend to use it. But I find that like, you know, from what I've seen people, and maybe this is also just a cultural thing of like people who like chalkboards tended to be, you know, more, I don't know, they more disciplined or careful or something like that. Maybe there was like a level of, maybe the level of difficulty uh, made it so that the only people who thrived on chalkboards were the ones who could, you know, uh, overcome that hurdle. Mm. And, and it cut out a lot of people who, who would otherwise succeed with a dry erase board because they are easier to use or they are better or something like that. Mm. Um, But I just find that, I find that most of the visual work Despite all, despite despite the uh, bucket load of uh, buzzwords that you just poured out there, mm-hmm. um, I think that's the hope of those who use dry erase boards. But I I find that in most meetings I'm in, there's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of that actually happening. There's not a lot of diagramming. There's mm. not a lot of visual sense making happening in your in your average meeting. There's some notes or some lists being made, and usually the uh, it, it's relatively coarse thinking. It's just like, okay, here's a bullet list. We're going to write a couple headers, uh, headings over here. And um, this might also just be a stereotype where I sort of associate um, blackboards with like good college lectures, mm. uh, uh, you know, in the physics department or yeah. something. Well, I was going to actually, what I was going to mention that like this, that 
I feel like chalkboards are uh, definitely have a, a, a part of our cultural uh, heritage, if you will, in popular culture, and and any like, and there have been from um, you know Dead Poet Society to right, they uh, exist in uh, the uh, academic milieu. Yeah, uh, to you know, um, uh, a beautiful mind. To mm-hmm. uh, what's the how do you like Dem Apple's movie? Uh, Idiocracy. No. <laughs> Uh, no, the other You'll Robin Williams movie, uh, not Dead Poets Society, not, <laughs> not not Patch Adams, talented uh, Mr. Ripley, uh, not uh, not Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, you can uh, do this. You know, I know. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there because it's. Uh, he's a janitor. He's a janitor. It's the one with uh, with uh, what's his name? With his what's his name? And then his best friend Matt and Ben. Matt and Ben. Matt. Ben uh, Damon. Ben. <laughs> uh, Maffleck. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Uh-huh. The and town. The, it's not the town, and I know it's you can not. It's not uh, Batman. Yeah. Um, and uh, no, he's not. He's not a Batman at all. It's he's, not the born identity. Yep. Uh, a few good men. No. You're close. Uh, You're getting there. Goodwill you, Hunting. There you go. Got it. Oh my God. Uh, goodwill Hunting. Uh, and another, you know, and also I'm thinking Indiana Jones, uh, Professor Jones. Right. Uh, so there, I feel like in our culture and beautiful mind where there's all these you know complex diagrams yeah. on the, and, and and so this idea of chalkboards as a way to work out math problems yeah. and a way to work out complex to, to do actual theorems you know to do uh, a lot of thinking a lot of thinking and communicating stuff, yeah. of of complicated things but you, you and we haven't had culturally we haven't had that transition to whiteboards playing that same right. role right we we don't have decades of whiteboards appearing in in movies or something like that Right. Yeah. And like, and I don't think Dead Poets Society would be as dramatic scene that scene of Oh Captain, My Captain, uh-huh. and standing up on the desk if there is a whiteboard at the front of the room uh, with. You know. There is something to be said about just the visual look of white lines on top of a dark surface versus dark dark text on white. Like you know, this is though they 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 are inverted or inverses of each other. Yeah. Well, and also I, I mean when when you first said chalkboard as a topic, I immediately thought of elementary school and I, I realized that the chalkboard was such uh, an integral part of your daily experience of, um, let's just say elementary school, mm-hmm. where it's, you have the different sections and you'd have like, um, you know, today's homework, yesterday's assignment, right. you know, upcoming things right. and, it'll, and and it's where you focus the attention. The right. Teach, Your attention is on this blackboard. And part of the reason I like that is it serves much more as a stage because it's darker than the person standing in front of it. Right. The, yeah. the, the teacher, the human being uh, is is brighter than the dark background. Now, mm. what we have is a whiteboard and it's still a neutral backdrop. But it doesn't have that heft. It, right. It doesn't it, have it, that right, it doesn't gravitas. Have the, the drama. Yeah, the uh, drama, that's a good way to put uh, it. And, yeah. and the other thing I like about a chalkboard... Yeah, like a, think of, like a, in theater, you have like a, dra- a black box theater. Right. Where it's like this exactly. a stark... It's, it's kind of evoking that Yeah, this idea. stark stage, yeah. you know, a in which... Dar- a dark, um, don't-look-at-me kind of background. Yeah. Uh, and then you have these words that sort of float in air because they're, they're light, yeah. uh, light-colored. And... And, and out of the nothingness and out of the empty void of the right. universe comes wisdom in the form of these uh, white scratches of chalk. Exactly. It's a, there's sort of a shamanistic element yeah. to it. They were going to conjure. And, and one of the uh, downsides, let's say, that, that uh, dry erase proponents might say is that dry erase can be, um, let's ignore the like, bad dry erase markers and, and boards, but like dry erase markers, when you erase them, generally it's a, it's a binary thing, right? It's either, mm. it's either on the, on the board or you erase it and it's hundred percent gone or close to it. Whereas chalkboards, it's much, you're much more likely to get these sort of shades of gray, mm. li- literally and figuratively where you erase it, but either it's kind of there or you leave a smudge behind. So the areas where you've written several times and you've erased several times are going to be, have that haze yep. of chalk dust that you don't have elsewhere. Right. And so you have to kind of maintain it. It's a much more sort of analog uh, process. Yeah, and it used to be, uh, you'd get, you'd be invited to come up to be the one to uh, clean the, yeah, the to chalkboard knock out the chalkboard day, uh, or to, 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 yeah, to clean the erasers yeah, and knock them I, out. I was watching some... Um, that, was like a, that was a privilege, I felt. Yeah, exactly. I, I was watching a lecture, re- a recent lecture, it, but it was, at, it was uh, filmed at Stanford in one of their, you know, um, 
lecture halls and the grad student for whoever was hosting the lecture is the one designated to like you know erase the whiteboard and and you know this is one of those halls where it's like three whiteboards and they're double height so you can slide yeah. them up and down um but that yeah it's kind of like a it, it's sort of a privileged position like the apprentice so to speak yeah. um but anyway my point is i think people would I think there, you know, there's an obvious argument to say like, oh, isn't this better? Because now we can erase stuff and it's just gone rather than having these these unsightly smudges. Mm. But I would argue for the humanism of the haze of where you've erased it as a sort of um, mnemonic trail on the mm. board of what you've done in the thinking process. It's like, oh yeah, see that blob over there where, it, where it's now kind of hazy and they wrote down the new sequence? That's where he got it wrong and then talked about, oh no, this isn't right, let's erase it. Or where he's done five iterations of this concept and erased it every time so he could kind of show the sequence of, of something, of whatever it's, we're talking about. It's kind about. of like in a, in a, in a Word document, uh, uh, Word track processing document, track changes. Exactly, it's yeah. a visual version of track changes. If you, I, I find uh, dry erase boards very uh, of the digital age. With all the pros and cons of that. Right. You know, it's like a digital file. Oh, isn't it great that you can edit it forever? Sure. But if you hit select and delete, it's gone, right? You delete those bits off the disk, they're they're just gone. There's mm. no reconstituting. It's not like a paper shredder where you have these bits. Yeah, that but you if, could, you get a, if you get a wet sponge on that blackboard, it's just gone. It, that's true. No. And so, it, but I, I guess I, I um, am warm to the... To, to this analog idea that it's, it's there's a graduation between the mark you mean to make and the the darkness of a of a recently sponged blackboard. Mm. There's this whole gradient in the middle of lines, smudges, and other things that are. It's not so binary. It's yeah. not so off and on. Hmm. And I, I but I do remember how exciting it was when you'd have a new blackboard, oh, a new yeah. chalkboard, like in, in in school. Like, did, it, did your teachers ever have those? Um, almost like mops those like wide um it, so they have a regular eraser but i had the teacher one of the teachers i knew that would love this it would be like it's like two feet wide and it's kind of round on both ends and it's like the like the end of a mop you'd have on a mop handle but this is without a handle and then you could basically like like a switchy sweep, sweep, yeah. yeah it's like yeah. you could sweep yes. it across and 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 yeah er, and if you got it wet you could do the whole thing in like it a couple felt, swaps and yeah. sweeps. um and but the, but just to this uh, this idea though of uh, you know, we work in a uh, in a company that's very of the moment now. Yes. I would say, like we're in in the technology industry. It, it is contemporary and likes to be contemporary. Right, and and I would say that if you were uh, if you were a, a set decorator from the year twenty thirty, mm -hmm. doing a film that's a period piece about the year twenty nineteen, yeah, uh, you would want to look at photos of our office and say, yeah, that's this is a good so, eleven years from now. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like <laughs> yeah. that that. that our office is a good representation of here's what a company right. was like who who just decorated you know created designed and built a new office yeah um, and we have whiteboards everywhere right yes. and uh, and I'm a big fan of whiteboards sure. uh, and as I said there's I a lot to like about whiteboards yeah. I don't mean to be a whiteboard um, detractor sure uh, but I don't for the life of me I don't think that I've ever seen or come across a chalkboard in a in a business setting. Oh, that's a, fascinating. Oh, okay. So I don't know. Oh, is it okay. Just, is it just because we're, it's then it, the technology era uh, and ever since like the Silicon Valley and, right. and, and, and technology era since, you know, let's say the late 90s, early 2000s, when whiteboards had taken over right. chalkboards in academia okay. in some, to some degree. Right. So now, now it's just any Or was any it the other way? I thought you were going the other way where it was like uh, blackboards come from academia whiteboards come from the business world and have sort of spread from there oh no i was i was thinking that i don't know so i, I just don't know if in the 1980s right um were there blackboards uh in, in business these, settings in, the, in these business settings i don't know i can't think of one i don't think i don't think of i can't picture blackboards in like if you were in a conference room in the 70s or 80s i don't think you would have a blackboard hmm. but i don't know that you would have any board Hmm. I think you had a conference room table and maybe you had printouts. I don't know. I don't know. Now, so there is back to my, my graduate uh, seminar that I teach. I'm just yeah. an adjunct professor. Let's not get carried away. Right. Um, uh, is, there, that, is that tenured? How does this work? <laughs> Are those yeah. the same thing? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, uh, no, the, the technology we have for like posting assignments and syllabus and all that, it, it, it's, 
uh, I've never gotten a full handle on it. I don't, you know, <laughs> but we, it this used is, to this be, is a, that's a good way of saying, I still don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, no, no. Uh, I, I don't think maybe I don't optimize all the features of the technology that the university where I teach provides me, maybe, okay. you know, uh, all the digital, you know, uh, online, uh, uh, opportunities, but the, we, we are, the platform we had initially, when I first started just five years ago, um, was called Blackboard, mm-hmm. and it's a big company. Uh, yeah, I'm familiar with that. Yeah, and they, they, yeah. they, they run a, a lot of different things. Uh, a lot of, I think they drive a lot of educational you know, yeah. uh, things, right? Like, like yeah, tech, Content, inf- tech infrastructure for, for, for education. For learning management systems or uh-huh. education, whatever it is. I don't, I don't know the sector that well. Um, but then now we've switched over to, I think there still is Blackboard is available for those who kind of got used to that. Yeah. Uh, but a new thing called Canvas. Okay. And canvas is just a, another vendor i guess right. and it's and it's pretty good i actually yeah. like it for whatever reason the My, user experience i haven't used better. in a while but i i think of blackboard as a very heavy old-fashioned way of doing right. that kind of thing but it just to me is, is this idea of when something goes when they're trying to create a technology and name a technology right. for education they it, called it blackboard they called it blackboard not whiteboard to, right to evoke the, the 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 heritage the academic heritage of this central um, like you said, it's 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 your focusing point in the classroom. Yeah. So I think it was a great um, naming right. for this system. I, me not loving this tech system, it's still a good good branding. But but now this the the, 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 new the, one, the latest and greatest yeah. is called Canvas. Canvas, which I get is is uh, much more evocative. It, it's much more akin to whiteboard, uh-huh. right? Uh, but it's, without it's, calling it know, whiteboard, or, or it's meant to be or dry it's, it's race, more artistic. Or yeah, uh, it's it's. Um, it, yeah, it, it, yeah it, it kind of it, it's a good jumping off point right it, it, or maybe they're trying to evoke the the phrase like a blank canvas like right you, you can do anything here uh, uh, a whiteboard way. is very um specific yeah well it's kind of like we you know they still have the icons for save right uh as a 3.5 you know hard disk uh, somebody once saw an actual 3.5 inch floppy disk and said Wow, somebody 3D printed the save icon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's those held a meg a megabyte and a half. 1.4 megabytes. Wow. And that that's it. That's what a disk could hold. All right, what's the next topic? Black holes. Black holes. Did you see that they had recently uh captured the first photograph of a black hole? They used multiple um radio telescopes to composite together a photograph of a black hole as if the taken from a telescope the with a radius of the earth which is uh, astonishing a yeah. di- oh, sorry with a diameter of the earth um so i i watched that and i saw that photograph and i saw a lot of coverage of that photograph and i was fascinated and there was uh i do have this kind of childlike wonder when it comes to uh <laughs> it comes to uh, the, the universe and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, outer space, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, inner space and inner space too. Um, and uh, I, you know, one of my favorite places to pop into in New York City is the Museum of Natural History. Oh, okay. uh, and going to the, like the Hayden Planetarium. You there pop in? I pop in. Yeah, you member? I'm a member. Are you yeah. really? Actually, I think I've let it lapse okay. recently. But I, 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 for many years, I had a membership, and I would, really? I would go. Yeah, we we went there recently because we are also members, and uh, my wife was like, "Oh yeah, we should go. We should go to the planetarium. Our son, our son will think it's really cool." And our daughter, who's almost three, uh, is like, "Oh, well, you know, we'll get, we'll, we'll go with her as well." And we went, and uh, we had some some agita with the tickets. And like my my wife and, and our son went in first, and then I was holding our daughter, and it's like, okay, I'm gonna get in at the last minute. And then they like shut the door right before we were gonna go in. And I thought like, oh, we can squeeze in like 30 seconds after the start. Nope, they weren't gonna let us in. But I I was I was like, please, is there any way my my wife's in there, my son's in there? And they made an exception. And I was like, okay, this is great. And the guy's like leading us through, and it's it's very dark, and they're leading us in, and and uh, and then we get into the planetarium. And we hear Neil deGrasse Tyson's voice saying, you know, in the beginning. And she bursts into tears. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, nope, we're out of here. And I just, I just, you know, 180 and got out of there and we waited for them to, to finish. She doesn't um, like flashy ties and vests? Yeah, that was, that, she, it was mostly a sartorial problem. <laughs> she's, like, I'm, she's like, are you kidding me? What sort of show are we at? Um, 
And the problem is that I believe my wife also got a migraine because uh, she doesn't love uh, flashing lights in a sort of theater setting. That's a fairly reliable trigger of a migraine. So we should have done the old swap and I could have gone on with our, my son and, and she could have stayed out with my daughter. Nevertheless, uh, that's our... Nevertheless, that, she persisted. She persisted, and that's our planetarium story. Um, anyway, as you were saying, you're a fan of space, dot, dot, dot. I'm a fan of space, and I've been to the Natural History Museum many times without children. Like, I, I, I've gone... What is that like? As somebody who likes space... Relaxing, I imagine. I really enjoy it. Uh huh. Um, I need I, my space. Yeah, I actually uh, uh, a friend of mine uh, knows that I'm a fan of uh, puns and knows I'm a fan of space and was in uh, Kennedy Space Center or one of you know one of had visited one of the space centers and got me a NASA T-shirt that had a NASA logo and it said I need my space. That's good. I really like that. The yeah, T-shirt of this world. Oh, the, the problem is uh, it was too big. It was like an it was like an XL. It just I mean, space is big. So, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, I think, is an interesting kind of cultural figure um, who uh, I'm a fan of. I, I, I admire his, his work, his folksy way of explaining these cool concepts. And I, I think that he, he's somebody who I think rightfully has uh, cultural cachet in our society because uh, of, you know, I think it's, it's our way of saying uh, by valuing and respecting him, we value and respect outer space yeah and this idea science. of it's science and yeah. this exploration of the cosmos right and um but i i almost i almost find that even though he makes it so accessible it's it's almost like a shame that we that he's not even more popular than he is or that space mm. is not even more popular than it is because right. i think it is popular remember in the uh when we had the eclipse um about a year or two ago yeah. and people were really excited about that and yes. i think uh people there was you know for this presentation of the black hole photograph uh you know it was covered in all the major papers and media but yeah, it, was, it kind of here it was gone though in an instant you know I mean, it didn't so is everything so is everything right that's just kind of our our, our media culture right now but I, I almost i it's it's almost like a shame that we don't have more opportunities as a society and as a culture to uh really engage in space and, mm. and 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 the cosmos and and i know there are you know popular series and you know uh, tv shows and and documentaries and all that 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 do a good job of this but i almost i don't know how you make it even more mainstream hmm. even though i think it is fairly mainstream yeah i don't know where i'm going with this i'm I, wondering I, think, as well. I think my my you know this might all just be a black hole you've just been sort of wandering through your mental space okay what's the next topic 